Thanks for downloading this episode of On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, the podcast about how technology is changing the world of communications. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, visit us online at ontherecordpodcast.com, on Twitter at ontherecord, or send email to ontherecordpodcast at gmail.com.
because we think often when it comes to decisions by committee, often we have to arrive at a group consensus that could make that purchase. Um, so I want to start with a little story. Uh, a company that I started when I was writing a book called Indian. And Indian makes fireplaces. Anybody in the house have any Indian buying fireplaces in the fire Decision, you can't be part of that decision. So the objective 
is to be an expert conversation to get people talking. Often in the world of B2B, I come up against disengaged managers who may have P&L responsibilities, but whose only real familiarity with the social media is looking at their brand pages photos on, on Facebook. And in those types of scenarios, I may have 15, 20 minutes to make my case. Um, and this is typically my argument. The value of social media is kind of like the difference between purchasing in cash and purchasing in credit. If I buy something in cash, the only record of that transaction is the receipt that I hold in my pocket. And if I lose that, no one will ever know about it. I won't even remember I made the purchase a year from now. But if I make that purchase with the credit card, there's a record of it, right? And it's easier to share that with other people. And as you apply that same reasoning to mainstream communications channels, advertising, broadcast advertising versus YouTube, uh, print collateral versus digital online talking on the phone or helping somebody on the phone versus helping somebody on a social network, right? The difference is social media is discoverable and shareable. It's automatically recorded because it's a digital transaction, right? So while these other channels disappear, the social channels continue to yield dividends even when no one's answering the phone, even when they can't find the brochure, and even when you can't afford to buy the story of social, and particularly social for business, is the story of velocity and productivity. It's a story that I think no one likes because bikes are cheaper than bits. Bikes are more environmentally responsible. Bikes are easier to change, and bikes are on demand. Right? So if we look in retrospect at the productivity gains we saw from the toxicity, it was a game of velocity. Transactions could be completed quicker. And then we got email, and we could take with tax documents rather than have to rely on physical courier. Transactions accelerated as well. So now we're moving into the social sphere, right? And if you think about it, right, when you think about a news feed, the move from email to news feed, when you think of Facebook, you probably think of that as a news feed. But we really only just scratched the surface of how activity streams integrated into workflow processes will fundamentally change the way you collaborate. And just to get a feel for that, think about for a moment that the concept of collaborating via email, like sending out an email to 12 people, getting a couple of auto replies, having to delete those, one person feeds an idea out to the rest of their team. The business pays for everybody on that team opening the email and deleting it, whether they needed it or not. And now we're moving into this environment where people are learning to attenuate to streams, like an in-and-out stream getting information when it's valuable to them. Right? So in this case, social media reduces the loss of fidelity and the friction associated with sharing information inside organizations. So right now, there are a number of B2Bs that are using social networking platforms behind the firewall to collaborate. 
Jeffrey Dennison is using various predictions, which is a proprietary platform from IBM to socialize their eight format. John Hopkins applied to this lab. He's using an open source solution called Old Software to uh, make their internal social network. And um, Salesforce Solid, uh, which is a web-based solution uh, which allows you to add private social networking to your business, it is a reporting of the impact of chatter on a business. And this is what they found for the 2011 report. That customers who use chatter, they, they, they have 28% fewer meetings, they send 32% less emails, and 50% said they could find implemented access. So again, the story of the velocity and productivity. So, you know, it's one thing to sit down and say, oh, we need to be on Facebook. There are 750 million people. We need to be on LinkedIn. There are 175 million users. We need to be on Google Plus. There are 20 million users and growing. But that's not going to resonate with someone who sells air conditioning products. You've got to tell them what it means to them. If you're talking to a commercial property attorney, you've got to show them that business purchasing decisions are being made in the Phase one of B2B social activation, listening, monitoring, and mapping. And in this case, um, I pulled up uh, just did a quick search and I saw, saw that there was somebody on Twitter yesterday that was looking for an IT attorney uh, in the Baltimore area. And then I hopped over to LinkedIn and I saw a group with uh, 22,000 members. I can see the titles of those people and they're actively sharing about intellectual property. So this is the type of evidence that you're going to need to assemble if you want to get to your social right. And phase two is building your personal profile. And building your personal profile on LinkedIn is not about putting your resume on It's about going to LinkedIn groups and making sure that you're contributing those discussions, and here you can see in the bottom uh, of the telecommunications group on LinkedIn, the top experts are actually recognized at the bottom of the page. And I know that some sales managers are now rewarding the sales people with first crack at leads if they can make that stop for you, or if they can be a top influencer in a LinkedIn group. Phase three you know where the action is, where the activity is for your industry, after you built your profile and learned who the players are, you're ready to socialize your business, socialize your brand. And there's a lot of different ways to do this, but I think probably the most common way I'm seeing and most effective way in the B2B space is this idea of an embassy homeland strategy. Your homeland is your domain. And you can socialize that if you're looking at the blog at yourdomain.com. And the beauty of the blog is you're not limited to 140 characters. In social business, there's an intense need for knowledge and information, detailed information. And if you see decisions, you have to do that in 140 characters. But on a blog, you're not limited, limited on space. And once you've socialized the homeland, you're ready to start building embassies in different social media networks. Just like we, the U.S., have embassies in other countries, 
you can build embassies in these other countries as well, but this is the world that people do things differently in different networks and using things as a homework. Most U.S. embassies, 15% of the staff are U.S. diplomats, and the rest are all local hires. And those local hires guide those 15% of different U.S. diplomats through the ways of the culture of that because things happen a little different in Athens than they do in Brown than they do in Iraq. As a matter of fact, in some embassies, we have more marine security support than we do in others. It depends on how hostile the environment is. And you might apply that same approach to your social media marketing strategy. If you're going to build an embassy in LinkedIn, are you going to staff that embassy with people who understand where things get done in LinkedIn? And if you build an embassy in Twitter and, and SlideShare, which is a terrific social network for PowerPoint, the classical tool of the B2B setup, are you going to staff that with people who understand that environment? Um, the concept of building an embassy in Google would uh, be about simply optimizing content that's on the page. So an important point here about your Intelligence, you've got something to share. That's sort of the whole point of this, right? 
what information does the organization have that's not getting on the system based on two things? Here's how that works. Okay, phase one, you're going to list them. What are you going to list them? There are a couple of free tools for you. Google Reader, right? Like all the tools in Google Reader. And once you find those blogs, you start building lists of those blogs to build complete blogs. Now, you're ready to build this system profile. How do you do that? So when you're building your profile as an individual, you do that by commenting on relevant blogs in your space. You do that by participating as an individual on LinkedIn groups that are relevant to your space. By making friends on Twitter and on Facebook. And once you've identified the hot topics of activity, and you're ready to start putting out where the iron is hot, and once you've started to make some friends, you're ready to start to socialize the organization. There's a lot of different ways you might do that, depending on your objective. You might add a social network to your existing website, using WordPress and WordPress, something like that. You might just add blogs to your website, right? You might start communicating through iTunes or podcast feeds. Uh, you might decide to tent poll a LinkedIn group, meaning it's your group, and you're going to be responsible for managing the community and sustaining the momentum. And then, of course, if you're going to sustain the budget allocation that you're getting for those initiatives, you're going to need a way to measure it and show that it's working, right? And you're going to do that with Google Analytics. You're going to do that with a product like Six. You might do that with a product like Hootsuite. There's four stages of social business activation. Now, a lot of people look at all ROI because of those intention sets that they say to me because they say, yeah, I see we have a lot of traffic on the site, but what's the value of the site? Well, all you have to do is set up your goals and you can calculate that value. You can actually see a hard dollar number to what the value of that traffic to the site is, be it lead generation, be it e-commerce. So I've given you sort of my overview on uh, how I believe uh, smart organizations are approaching uh, B2B social business. But I'm not naive enough to think that every business is going to approach this the same way. And what I found in my experience in social is that every organization has a different personality and that you really have to match your approach to the personality of that organization. And based on my experience, I've boiled it down to four personalities. The personality is a management of an organization. And the yellow is probably the most obvious one, easiest one to spot. It's the organization that wants to control the message. Uh, the red one, well, this concerns that they're going to get nailed by the SEA or the FCC. They've got some pure communications. They're sitting on the curve, right? So they've got a different, they've got a different approach that you need to sidestep. The blue, exploratory and curious. Oh, our competitors have one, we need one. Isn't this interesting? Isn't this fun? They're the dangerous ones. They're the running with the risk ones. And then the sweet spot is green, embraces change. And I've only been fortunate enough to work with the two organizations that I can say truly embrace change, realize we're going to fail, want to scale fast, learn from it, and move forward. And have accepted that we are in a time of change. And so I'm going to give you my four basic descriptions based on the personality of the organization. And your organization may be uh, a company 
confirmation of the sale, right, to some extent. So, um, quick management oversight, get uncomfortable as someone posting on your communications to their existing external communications that you have. Could be PR, internal or external, could be marketing, could be public affairs, but there's already got a mouthpiece. They trust the mouthpiece already. Pass social media on to what they're doing. It's not going to last forever, that approach, but it'll get, it's good enough to get their feet wet. Um, if you are working with an organization which is in financial services or which is regulated in any way, really the first thing you need to do is figure out how they're going to satisfy other sales. You cannot rely on Twitter or Facebook seven days of communications for you. So you're going to need to tiny up some sort of a service that's going to store that content for you. Salesforce has an emerging service, uh, social CRM, this emerging category. The idea that when a customer talks about you, you can attach their social media communications to a customer call in the CRM system. Um, exploratory and curious. Of course, if you're lucky enough 
to work with the organization that embraces change and wants to share thoughts. So what are you going to measure? So measurement. Let's talk for a minute about measurement. This is a really, really fascinating topic for research people. Remember when our president spoke in Cairo? It was the first time that an American president had spoken in an airport. It was a big deal. Who do you think sent Obama over there to make that speech? Now, State Department has to get money from Congress to be able to do that thing. And State Department is always getting the short end of the stick for the Department of Defense. Because if Congress gives money to the Department of Defense, it gets something. Grenades, uniforms, some physical thing to the planet. But if they give money to the U.S. Department of State, they get cocktail parties. Right? They get different programs, right? They get scholarship programs, that type of thing. How do you measure the impact of that? If you want to grow the budget allocation, you have to be able to measure. So my project was what was measure the impact of Obama's speech in Syria. And I used the Radio 6 platform to do it. And let me show you how I how I did that. The first thing I did was I came up with a collection of keywords that allowed me to uh, get a river of names pertaining specifically to the President's Cairo speech. And each time I saw a story that wasn't related to the Cairo speech, like something about Russia or something about North Korea, I would go ahead and put Russia or North Korea back into my sentence in negative terms or get rid of them. And here's what was so interesting about the story. On the day of the president's speech, we saw a little spike for keyword Obama in all social media and media. But the true spike for keyword Obama surrounding that talk in Cairo was 30 days later. Now, that's not the only thing that's interesting. Look at the keyword that follows the So we send our president to Cairo. They start talking about our president. They start talking about freedom too, and we're actually able to stimulate a discussion. We watch this conversation move over to Lebanon, where Hezbollah is defeated in three elections. Each president, no tanks, no grenades, no guns. Just conversation. The same conversation moves over to the chiefs of Tehran and. The Green Revolution, uh, which was based on Mousavi's uh, campaign and the alleged electoral rigging uh, during the current Cuban Ahmadinejad's campaign. So, my prediction is inside of the next three, four years, this information gets so good uh, with the ability to isolate conversations based on GPS data that this is what. Puts the Congress to argue for budget appropriations. That's where we're headed. You can see where the conversation started, where it went, and what it did. So it's incumbent on leadership to establish the boundaries. Boundaries are important, right? The reason why organizations really struggle with social media is because they haven't provided everyone with clear cut, easy to follow guidelines to help them distinguish between the conversations that can happen in public and the conversations that need to be kept private. Right? 
if you can make that distinction for people, this stuff takes up. This stuff works really well. Now, I'll tell you why that's so important. Why is it so important to everyone out there? If you went to Yelp and you're looking for a restaurant, right, and you find one restaurant that's got three stars and a five-year rating, and another restaurant that's got five stars and three ratings, which one do you choose? You look, you look for the three stars, right? And you get the 500 ratings. Right. So, the idea of, you know, the external communication person, the PR person, the marketing person, the corporate person, the Twitter account, and the Facebook page, it's hollow. Nobody cares. Because friends will tell the person. So, the idea is to get as many people talking as possible. And what easier place to start than with your own employees and your own organization? Out of a lot of PR people because they want to control the message. But if you've got the policy in place that gives people practical guidelines for what they can and cannot do, it's covered. And by the way, you know, you're not going to get the best and brightest if they can't use Facebook in the office. If your boss says from the in-office, then you can use your cell phone anywhere, right? So there's no stuff. I've now written a number of social media posts. I was a member of the team that wrote the policy for the United States Marine Corps. I wrote the original policy for Edison and then from Southern California Edison. And um, spent a lot of time thinking about policy. And as far as social media leads, what I decided I would do is I would put on my blog, or on my website rather, a template. A blog and then a social media template. That you guys should download and customize. I've left no stone unturned. I've covered every aspect of social media policy here. And I invite you to download it for free at socialmediapolicytemplate.com. So I believe social networks are one of the pillars for B2B communication. This is a social network. The supply chain management software company. It has nearly 2 million members. It's growing at 30,000 new members per month. Uh, members are from more than 200 countries and territories worldwide, led by US, India, Germany, UK, Japan, and China. There are 6,000 posts per day and 200 plus discussion forums. There are 1 million unique visitors per month, and less than 0.01% of the app's contributors. Are designated as SAT mentors. And less than 10% are SAT employees. So, what are the benefits for them having people? Well, in the world of B2B sales, it used to be beholden to direct salespeople to take people's golf and access dinners, and that's expensive to fly around the country and make a market for a product. Um, before a purchase decision is made for a million dollar software package, uh, customers or prospective customers want to talk to existing customers, right? So the big question has always been what can I talk to some of the fourth customer? Salesperson gives them some phone numbers, and then the worry is always well, they still existing customers. They're not really giving me a deal that won't just try to work. So what SAT did was they built this social network where customers can talk to customers. They can share information back and forth and promote peer to peer communication. Right? 
to Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter if you choose. For training events, they want to make sure people are going to the trainings and not spending too much time on the golf course. So they're putting a QR code at the beginning of each session and a QR code at the end of each session if you need for that session. And if people don't collect those codes, don't earn the badges that they need to earn the codes they actually attended the conference, but that's going to be considered when they have their review. Um, you see the, uh, so there's one way, it's on, on another screen, if you go to the second screen, uh, you can also see a video here. You can actually attend the conference remotely on your phone. Right? This from an organization called Double Dutch. This got funding out of San Francisco. And we'll skin up this app for you with your corporate identity. So just so, just so I'm going to wrap this up for a little while. Um, this uh, is a guy named Anton Chekhov. And he wrote a play called The Story Book. And uh, I remember years ago, I was uh, consulting with one of the networks. And uh, it was my job to figure out what social channels we were going to integrate into their marketing advertising. And so the same example conference plan is Windows overlooking the master. And we have catered food and cappuccinos. And sitting around this beautiful table is advertising, marketing, promotions, PR, and sales. And every time we get close to an idea of social networking, of blogging, of social media optimization, resistance rears its ugly head. And the resistance is always the same. And it is, you know, we're marketing. We're advertising. We're PR. We're promotions. We don't do web. We don't web guys down the hall. They do. Now, the story of the cherry orchard is an interesting one. Uh, it involves the end of Russian aristocracy. Uh, there's a rich Russian family, and they're behind on their debt. And uh, they're going to be sent back, and they've never worked in the family anymore. Inia, the son of former slaves, he says to the madam of the household, I have an idea for you. You need to go into a different business. Cut down your trade so you can give some money. If you do that, you're changing businesses, but you can maintain your way of life. And the response is, that's over my head, I don't get it. And of course, the end of the play, the son of former slaves is sent away with an axe, saying, ready to cut down the first tree, and the aristocrats are sent to pocket for pennies on the dollar. Right? And when I saw the play, the evening after I had this meeting with the network, I thought to myself, I was the guy who kept saying, hey, we asked for it this morning. And what I was getting back from the group was, you know, we don't think so. And then something happened that sort of brought the story the, um, the full circle for me. And it was a story about the Disney stock. And the Disney stock was languishing because there was a movie. Uh, that they were going to ship all this merchandise uh, to the stores to promote called Pixar. Uh, apparently, uh, the guys at Pixar, in this case John Lasseter, decided that the store wasn't up to snap, so they were going to start the movie and go direct to video. So the web guys down the hall inherited 
received the magic kingdom. The magic kingdom from 1914. Who's the largest shareholder in business? Over there? Congrats, right? So if you have any misgivings about what P and L responsibility is headed, it's headed to the way that it's going to be. In some companies, they've inherited inherited it already. So the takeaway is this. Okay, the takeaway is if you can't learn to communicate autonomously through digital channels, your job is at stake. Because with the exception of live events and dispatch, there's going to be nothing else. Like print, you see what that's going on, it's obviously fine. Video, I don't know, I actually previewed uh, the new timeline from Facebook, which is going to allow you to watch what the friends are watching on TV. You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, the podcast about how technology is changing the world of communications. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, visit us online at ontherecordpodcast.com, on Twitter at ontherecord, or send email to ontherecordpodcast at gmail.com. On the Record Online is hosted by Eric Schwartzman, an independent online communications consultant whose clients include the U.S. Department of State, the United States Marine Corps, the U.S. Embassy of Greece, the Government of Singapore, Johnson & Johnson, Toyota, Southern California Edison, the Environmental Defense Fund, and dozens of small to medium-sized organizations. For information about engaging Eric Schwartzman as a speaker, social media trainer, or digital strategist, visit www.ericschwartzman.com or send email to eric at ericschwartzman.com.